0: you know america's all about hot badass nasty speed and that's how you got to play the game of
1: hockey ladies and gentlemen welcome back to behind the mask i'm ryan radosevich joined alongside jacob stinson and a new face to the podcast joe damiani joe how you doing welcome to the podcast what's going on brother
2: I'm doing great. It's a great Thursday night, and uh I'm just ready to get rolling with the new m s u hockey team
1: and then Jacob, obviously a returner, a veteran at this point, you know what you're doing. <laughs> just uh, absolutely chilling right now. How you been, man?
0: I'm doing all right. It's just been been a busy been a bu- little busy time
1: uh getting ready for you know season to start and all that. so and yeah, speaking of getting back to the season, let's get back into the swing of things. But before we talk about this season and all the new stuff. We want to just get, get a quick wrap-up because last season we never really did a off-season pod. So we'll do, we'll do a little wrap-up of, of what happened at the end of last year off-season and up until this point. I'll try to be quick because I know a lot of us really don't really want to hear this. And if you want to skip forward, I don't blame you at all. But uh, last season, we'll go through it quick. Uh, MSU finished 12-23-1, which is last in the big. Uh, roughly a month after the season ended, MSU parted ways with head coach Danton Cole and pretty much the whole entire coaching staff. Uh, Cole went 58, one Oh one and 12 over five seasons. So obviously something had to change. And Alan Haller, the athletic or the, uh, what is his actual position? Uh, Alan Haller oh, is yeah. the, uh,
0: he's the athletic director Athletic right?
1: director. Okay. Well, I second guess myself, but Alan Haller said, you know what? Nah, we're going to go to another direction. So they do that, get rid of dance and Cole. And in early May, Adam Nightingale was announced as a new head coach and he slowly hired his coaching staff in. And uh, just before everybody pretty much moved back onto campus, the finally the six year long two point five million mon renovations were finally finished. And if you guys haven't seen like any any videos or pictures, I'm going to plug my Twitter right now because you guys you guys just got to see this. Not just because I want some Twitter cloud. No, you guys got to see it. Go to at r y a n r a d o s e v i c h and look at all of the pictures and stuff I posted. It is. NHL caliber stuff, like it is. It is wild. It beautiful, beautiful. Anyways, so Mungad m- m- facelift, and rightfully so, that finally finished up. And then some uh, some celebratory news off of the MSc roster. Uh, David Gucciardi got selected in the seventh round, two hundred thirteenth overall by the Washington Capitals. So congratulations, Gucciardi. And um, speaking of players on the roster, we'll go over real quick the players who graduated slash transferred. Uh, there was one goalie, two defensemen, and seven forwards that moved on from the MSU roster. The first one, Dennis Asana, the captain, uh, captain defenseman, the smooth skater. I'm, I'm going to miss announcing him, but uh, he's off to the Charlotte Checkers, which is the Florida Panthers affiliate. Mitchell Lewandowski, one of the alternate captains. He's on to the Tucson Roadrunners, which is the Coyotes AHL affiliate. Uh, Drew DeRitter transferred to North, North Dakota, so basically starting goalie at the helm in a lot of seasons trading in and out of starting great guy he's also gone josh nodler transferred to umass christoph pap and aiden Gallagher transferred both to northern michigan adam good went to long island university which is pretty interesting because we'll get to it later msu plays them the third week of the season so a little bit of a hey how you doing adam good and uh that'll be probably a little awkward and then uh, Mitchell Matson graduated. Griffin Lochran missed most of last season. He won't be returning. Then Chris Berger, most of the same, he missed last season, won't be returning. So that's a wrap up. Just want to get a, get that out of the way quick. I've said a lot of words. I'm going to continue to say a lot of words. Do you guys have anything to say on that? No, no. no it's just it just it
0: all goes to show you it is a uh, crazy time for MSU right now uh, with just all of the new stuff coming in. Um just so like the roster turnover, I've I don't think I've seen this in college hockey like this much before. This much roster turnover, one off season, including a, an entire coaching staff, and what we'll get to in a second is twelve new uh, athletes as well.
1: Perfect segue, Jacob. I I couldn't have done it better myself. There are twelve new Michigan State hockey players. We're gonna quickly just you know talk about some stuff about them. Just get you guys introduced to them uh six of them are freshmen two of them are defensemen and i'm hey i'm gonna go over defensemen right now why the heck not number three on the roster on the defense coming in from a vesta sweden we got victor hertig he's obviously coming in as a freshman like i said um he stands at holy moly six foot six 197 he's gonna be a, a force on the defense to be reckoned with he actually was drafted by the new jersey devils in the sixth round 164th overall back in 2021 and uh, he's the tallest man on the team by three inches. So, like, I just felt like noting that, you know, because big, big man. Are you guys excited about him? Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I was, uh, he's one of the guys I'm really excited to watch this year. Just the size, especially in like the college game like that, um, is not something MSU's had in a while. Um, but no, having a big defenseman like that, um, I feel like every team needs at least one defenseman that's like just absurdly tall. And uh heart heartache can fill that role for for them this year, plus uh it's more draft picks to put on uh to put on MSU's roster yeah it was nice
2: yeah, no it's super exciting um he's a big guy, i mean, he's definitely gonna body people around um I mean it's a little more physical over here, you know, especially in college, everybody's a little chippy, so you know I think he's really gonna make a claim for a spot though on this team.
1: And another cool thing that uh, Joe and I were actually at player avail- availability earlier today, and we actually got to interview Hertig, And uh, I asked him, you know, how do you like? What's what's your game like? What's your game like to to everybody? And he and he's like, I I like being a, you know stay at home defenseman, but I want to work on the offensive side. I want to be a puck mover. So instead of him just wanting to be a wall. He said, "I want to work on offense. I want to work on puck moving. I want to work on being in the play." So that, that was pretty cool to see a six foot six, one ninety seven pound guy say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like uh, it's kind of funny actually. There is a certain um, so I'll backtrack for you. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to previous seasons of the podcast, uh, you uh, you would not have known you then. you
1: missed out. Let me tell you that. Well, you did.
0: <laughs> but uh, one thing it it's a recurring joke at this point, or an inside bit. Uh, I'm a St. Louis native. Uh, I've talked at length about the fact that I'm a fan of the St. Louis Blues, uh, and I get made fun of for it, but it is what it is. Uh, but I only say that because it, um, it it reminds me of a specific Blues player who also was about as tall as Hertig.
1: Oh, God, really here we go with the comparisons. They're well, starting early. <laughs> well, no, I'm just
0: saying, like, I'm not saying he's going to become, the, I'm not saying he's going to become Colton Pareko, but, my thing was he started doing that last year and becoming a little bit more of like trying to move the puck a little bit more because he was always just like big physical stay at home defenseman that blocked shots and occasionally, you know, mucked it up in the corners a little bit. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of started working a little bit more like on the breakouts and being a little bit more of a puck mover in that regard. And it was working really well for him towards the end of the year too. Um, and, yeah, it kind of just adds, like, a separate dimension to that game. Uh, especially, yeah, when you have the size, too. And, like, if you can be a puck mover with, like, as big of a body as that you, that, you, chances are you're going to have a very tough-to-beat slap shot. Um, So, like, if you can kind of have that, like, dual threat to you on offense, where it's, like, I can rocket it for, like, 105 miles an hour right now, or I can also... I've got the vision going where it's, like, I can also see everyone on my team that's open right now so if you come out and
1: try and block me guess what it's going to someone in a better position to score Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch him play I'm really looking forward to seeing him on the D line yeah that's
0: my thing too and I know we're not going to talk about recruiting this week but uh, that'll be probably next week but there's another recruit that I'm really excited to watch for kind of for the same reason as uh, Hurtig his name is Jack Sparks he is a a six-seven defenseman from Ottawa, and is a six-round draft pick of the Kings, uh, and he kind of is in that same boat. And like it's one—it's those things where it's like you look at the you look at the intangibles or the measurables on the, uh, um, on like you know the profiles on recruiting and stuff like that. And it's like, ooh, if MSU can get like just a pair of like six-five plus defensemen, oh my god, just on the blue
1: line at the same time. In college, a pair of like above six foot Oh yes, like especially what?
0: especially because last year it was like it was kind of a running joke amongst all of us was like, why is everybody on the team like five nine?
1: Yeah, the half of the roster, <laughs> I, I think half of the roster was literally listed at 5'9". nine. I don't think
0: there was, there was no one above like what six three. I think
1: yeah, six like, three was the tallest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see him on the the D line. The other freshman D though. Is uh number nine Matt Best Gal. Uh, he's five foot nine, one hundred ninety from Lake Forest, Illinois. And I mean, I don't really have much on him other than I've heard he's a big dog person. I'm a big dog person, so heck yeah, brother. Let's let's uh, let's talk dogs, man. Let's talk dogs. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't know, man. Okay. Anyways, moving on, uh, Jacob. You got a bunch of people to talk about. Go right ahead, brother.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, we can work on through this list so uh these are mainly the freshman forwards and things like that um got Tiernan in shouty uh 5'9 180 forward from st clair michigan uh and then daniel russell the rounding out the 5'9 forwards uh from traverse city <laughs> it's written in the notes here i guess he was a big Pavel datsuk fan uh growing up
1: but. yes and i i wrote that down because uh also for me growing up my favorite player was datsuk and uh Joe, what do do? Is that was that your favorite
2: too? Yeah, no, I grew up watching Datsuk. Actually, I uh Mike Babcock was at one of my little brother's soccer games once, and he was talking to Datsuk on the phone, which was really cool. So
1: that's actually pretty sick. Yeah, but yeah, I just I want to put that in there because you know the Red Wings. Let's go! Woo! Okay, go on.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think. So out of this, so there's four total freshman forwards. I believe only one of them was actually recruited by Adam Nightingale. Ooh. Uh, And because I think the other three were already committed, uh, by the time Danton Cole got fired. Um, the, the third of those that was, was, was Gavin best. Who's a, uh, six, two forward from Richfield, Minnesota. Um, but the one that wasn't, which I thought was interesting, just kind of an out of left field place to be, or to commit to very left field, to commit to Michigan state from, uh, new newest forward, Carson Dorwart, uh, is a another forward from uh, Sherwood, Oregon? So I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't. Know. I, I remember seeing that when it first was announced that he was committed and stuff, and I was just thinking that is a weird place to be from. I didn't know they yeah. actually played hockey up
1: there. Of course they do, man. Well, I know they hockey's do. worldwide. What do you mean? Oh, well, I'm, I'm aware, but <laughs> I mean of. like I
0: don't see people coming out of like Las Vegas or something
1: like that to play hockey
0: either. I don't know the West Coast generally outside of like a little bit in L.A. and like. Some oh, sometimes around Phoenix, I don't really see anything coming out of there.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I like that you noted that. It's cool that the uh, the Nightingale recruit came from the West Coast. Like, that's I mean, they're getting that's something to note about. Well, I mean, they're getting people from all over. Like, um, we can we'll go into more
0: details and stuff like that. But I'm looking at the list of dudes that are rec- uh, currently re- uh, committed to. Michigan State. I think a few of these were from, uh, left over from Dan Cole, but I mean, obviously there's Canadians. There's two guys committed right now from California. Um, what else we got? Nashville, uh, okay. Frisco, Texas, a bunch of places. Uh, uh, all over. Places from Finland, Pennsylvania, New York, Ukraine.
1: And we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about all of that. All that action, but this, uh, that's, this that's podcast, your
0: that's your preview for next week.
1: Yeah, this podcast is gonna be super, super long. So we did so not want to throw that on we top got, of whatever yeah, we much. got.
0: We got enough to talk about for this episode, so
1: and uh speaking of talking about stuff, let's keep going down the list. Uh we talked about all the six freshmen that are coming, but MSU's got six transfers that are coming. And Joe, Joe, tell us about tell us about those men.
2: Okay, so number one up, uh number twelve, Justin Jalen. He is a forward grad transfer from Brown where he played four years and he has one year of eligibility here at MSU and he is 5'9", 182 pounds from St. Paul, Minnesota. Minnesota. And he was an assistant captain last season with 10 goals, 7 assists. He actually led the uh, he led Brown with 17 points.
1: Yeah, And I i got a, I got to talk to him. He actually gave me a, a tour around the uh, like lower parts of Munn which is like you know, all the all the player locker rooms and workout, or not workout stations, but the the spas and stuff and super cool dude. He was absolutely ecstatic about being here for his last year, and you know I, I'm kind of I'm I'm looking forward to him on the ice too.
0: i just need to see these, these facilities that you're getting tours of, of here. Yeah, you got you got to get in there. I, I've personally never not been to the the place since it opened, um, or since like the renovations finished. So I'm I'm very excited though. If it's I I just want the. Uh, if they can just kind of upgrade, like even the concourse or like the main rink and stuff, to kind of get on that same level as what they've got uh, going on, the, from what I'm seeing in the pictures outside and stuff, then oh boy, they will be uh, MSU will be competing with uh, for some like the top facilities in the entire country.
1: Yeah, that that's probably next up for Mun. But hey, if if you guys are MSU MSU hockey fans and you haven't been to Mun lately. Go yeah, go this season. The the South Main entrance is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I, I absolutely love it. But uh that's enough. That's enough arena talk. We'll probably talk more of that sooner or later. But keep on going, Joe.
2: So that was the first of four forward transfers that we brought in this year, or MSU brought in this year. And um the second one that we brought in, Zach Dubinski, number fourteen junior from um Transfer from Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute.
1: It's Ren I I don't know how to pronounce Rensselaer. 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 Rensselaer I always just call them R, RPI. Okay. No, no, no. I'm always referring them as <laughs> Rensselaer? Rensselaer Polytechnical Institution.
0: I I think it's I think it's Institute.
1: Nope, I'm calling them Rensselaer Polytechnical. i are do, do, doing it wrong Yeah, I, I will call it, on my broadcast. Off, we're going off on a tangent here. It's RPI. When, when Zach Dubinsky scores a goal, I'm going to say, The RPI transfer. Okay, scores move. the transfer from Rensselaer Polytechnical Institution.
0: One, you're not even saying it right. Two, just call it RPI. Uh, yes. Three, we're going on a no. tangent. Let's keep moving.
1: Yeah, Go ahead. All
2: right. And he played two seasons there, uh, put up 10 goals uh, last year, and 10 assists. The ten goals was good for third on his team. Um, he is five nine, one seventy five, and hometown is Highland Park, Illinois.
1: This guy I'm interested about.
2: And now we have a this big guy. transfer. He had a great season last year. Uh, Miroslav Muka. Muka. Mucha. I think that's how you say it. It's it's
1: the, I'm going to butcher that name so much on broadcast. I'm sorry, Miroslav. I got <laughs> to meet you too. I'm sorry if I butcher your last name, but you're cool dude. Sorry. I was told if I'm wrong on that, I really, I, I'll be no, very it, disappointed. No, it is MUCHA, but I can't pronounce it well.
2: <laughs> Graduate transfer from Lake Superior State, where he was uh, played four years and was an assistant captain in his last year there. Uh, he's 6'1", 61197 and he is from
1: hmm Slovakia. 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 City in Slovakia. <laughs>
0: we we are uh, very American and don't know how to pronounce uh Eastern European
1: names. Yeah. Mm, yep. That's us.
2: And he even played with the Slovakian national team uh international team over the summer. Uh he oh. also uh, his last season was 10 goals, 25 assists. And he had second most points on the team with 35. Do you have any other other thoughts on Miroslav?
0: I'm just excited. I, I, yeah. I mean, he seems like he he seems like he's that that dude basically. As far as you know, one of those guys really kind of makes things happen on offense, um, and can put some put some put some points on the board, which yeah. is something that uh, Michigan State was not that great at last year.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping he can bring some consistency to the team.
0: One of the things I've noticed too. With these, uh, like, kind of going down these lists too, there's a couple guys that like were already alternates on the on their teams um, the year before. What Jalen and Mukha as well both have been
1: mm-hmm. um, assistant caps.
0: Yeah, so I'm like, uh, it makes me curious, like, if any of those guys are going to end up like wearing the A for MSU, um, because my thought process is at least like. Obviously, they have, they already have, you know, the leadership position role before, but it's not like, I don't, I feel like it's not necessarily that important that it's like your captain or alternates or whatever uh, are guys where it's like they've been around the program for X number of years and have been here from the jump and all this. When the dude that's picking out these captains has been here for what, three months? Something like that. So. Like if it's entirely new coaching staff, half the team is new, then it's like, you you think to yourself like, maybe there's a chance for one of those guys to possibly get it. It'd be interesting
1: interesting to see. The letters are up for grabs, and we'll we'll do a little bit of talk on that later. We'll we'll get to that. But uh, one thing that I want to talk about, Mur- Miroslav, is you know how last year Michigan State. I don't know if you guys knew that they were good at football, and there's this guy called Kenneth Walker that came from the transfer portal. You guys know about it? who. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, Just Mel Tucker department. landed Kenneth Walker through the transfer portal, and based off that, no, nobody was nobody's was flipping tables, nobody's going crazy, but uh, he turned out to be amazing. Miroslav is not completely the same situation because if you're looking at all the transfers, I think he really takes the cake of like, wow, this guy's probably your top uh, top land in college free agency, quote unquote, of the transfer portal. But um, I, I, think, I think he is going to be that guy. I, I think he's going he's gonna to have a lot of eyes on him this year, and it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in the green and white. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested about Miroslav Mucha. Maybe that's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> and our last uh, graduate transfer at the forward position, Ryan Nolan, number 21, uh, transfer from Merrimack, where he played three years. Uh, he has two years of eligibility left, so we might get another year out of him after this one. Um, only played 15 games last year, had one goal, two assists, 6'1", 206 pounds, out of Winnicka, Illinois. And actually, I did find a little story earlier today between Ryan Nolan and Justin Jallen. Last year, um, let's see. Yeah, last year, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Nolan had a goal at Brown, which is where Justin Jallen was playing last year. So, former teammates
1: scored yeah. scored against Brown, you're talking I scored about? Scored against, Brown. yeah, okay. so
2: no. it, it, against each other, competitive from
0: right. everything I remember, though. I think a lot of people also did score against Brown last year. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, chill, though. Chill.
0: I'm just saying, Brown was not good. the Brown. Ivy League as a whole was not very good last year,
1: yeah. Uh, so moving on from that one, uh, we've got a transfer. This is a graduate transfer coming in in the defensive position, number 22. Michael Underwood coming from Clarkson University where he played 4 years. He still got one year of eligibility left to play for the Spartans. He didn't put up any crazy big numbers last year, two goals, five assists, but he's, that's also not his game. Yeah, like he's not his game because he's a solid, stay-at-home defenseman. And he's somebody you can rely on and count on. And he's older and he's got experience he, and that matters.
0: If I remember correctly, he was like a big shot blocker for them last year. Um, oh, I should have looked that up. I can look it up now.
1: Yeah, find find that. I'll look it up while you guys keep
0: talking. But um, yeah, no. From what I remember, though, definitely like he was a big like a w- when you talk as far as like your typical stay at home defenseman, like that was
1: kind of exactly what he did. And uh, you, I mean, hey, you said the word big. If he if you're a shot blocker, the bigger you are, the better. He's six foot two, two oh five. So he's going to be uh he's going to be a little little bit a uh, little bit harder to push around on the defense. Oh wait. MSU's defense this year: Christian and Cole Krieger, six foot three; Victor Hertig, six foot six; Michael Underwood transferring in, six foot two. This is that. That looks like that right there. Just looking at those four, that's that's like an NHL-sized defenseman lineup right there. That that is pretty crazy. Obviously, height doesn't translate to skills and wins, but if you have a couple inches up on in your competition. That 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 can help. That can help. Uh, uh, same way, if a couple inches down on your competition, that could help as well. But if you are on defense and you got you got that height, that is that is good. I I am looking forward to see how this conglomerate of new and old players are coming together. But um, do, do you do you find the, the shot blocks? Is he a shot yeah. blocking savant?
0: Uh, he had the second most blocks on all of Clarkson last year, uh, forty five total. So um, averaging at least over one a game. Uh, yeah uh def- the only one player on that team last year had more blocks than him and uh yeah he, di- he didn't really do all that much as far as like shooting the puck or anything like that um yeah he was he was not a he was not a shooter by any means but like hey if he
1: if he does if he plays good defense
0: and blocks shots then what else can you ask for really
1: uh the last thing i would ask for is stay out of the box yeah. hopefully. <laughs> because uh, MSU does have a couple of defensemen that I won't really name that like to uh, throw around the body maybe a little bit unnecessarily and get a little extra penalty minutes. I'm talking about two two people specifically that oddly look extremely similar. Uh, if you guys have figured it out now, congratulations. Um, I'm not going to name them. We just move on from that. Anyway. We
0: we did this bit too much of like doing the, oh, have you heard of this guy before? Like We'll talk about someone. It's very obvious who we're talking about, and it's like, Oh, have you heard of this guy before? Uh, this one dude we brought in called Kenneth Walker or whatever, and or this bit of two twin defensemen that happened to take a lot of penalties. All this other, we we do this
1: bit often. We do this bit too much. <laughs> Welcome we'll back to be behind the mask, guys. What's That's what up? you What's come going back. Going That's what you come back for. <laughs> so last but not least, out of the all the all the new players, this is the last transfer. It's number thirty-seven in net. It's Dylan Saint Cyr, a man's career that. Seem, seems to have gone on forever. He's uh he's now entering his grad graduate transfer year, which seems kind of funny. But he's at four years he's had four years at Notre Dame and uh one at Quinnipiac, and he posted a heckin' amazing stat line at Quinnipiac of one point one six goals against average and a .936 save percentage, which is amazing. But then you got to put it in perspective of Quinnipiac literally had the best D in the country, so give and take some still. If you're if you're putting up those numbers, you're a good goalie. No matter what, no matter what defense is in front of you, you still have to stop the pucks. I
0: mean, yes, Quinnipiac's defense was great, but also, who is the most important defender on your team at all times? The goalie. The
1: goalie. So, at that point, like you know, and that's I, coming from you as a goalie, and I backed you up because I was a goalie. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, yeah, you can play the best defense in the country, and you, if your goalie is can't stop a beach ball, uh, no matter no matter if you are like. The NHL All Star Team, uh, and you have literally the best shutdown defenseman in the league. Yeah, if your goalie sucks, you're not gonna, you're not doing much. So, like, yeah, you have your goalie is the biggest key in that defense.
1: So yeah, that. Sorry for the long winded list, but hey, we had to cover all our base and bases. Bases. Gotta get y'all introduced to the new people. Yeah, we gotta do a little do a little bio. So after all those new people and you know some of the people are still on the roster who are you guys most excited to watch this year we'll do we'll do one pick one transfer pick one freshman and then pick a guy that's been on the roster and returning for this year jacob who who you got
0: we go in are we going to go like we each give our transfer freshmen returning or it's like we all give our transfers
1: and we all Ooh, give our freshmen we'll like, all do transfers and then we'll okay yeah, yeah so
0: so yeah out of all the transfers right i feel like you know the uh the most obvious answer is muham but i I'm, i don't know i feel like one of you guys gonna say that at some point so i'm gonna skip him uh how would you know <laughs> and i i legitimately think though don't think here uh Dude, has been around the block uh, as far as for college hockey. My whole thing with him is I don't know how he makes it work, but dude is 5'8", uh, and is a very good goalie still in college hockey. Um, That's tough. So, I, yes, I genuinely don't quite know how he makes it work that well, but the dude is very talented and very quick. So, uh, I'm very excited to see how that one uh, that one plays out with him.
1: So, I got to ask you, what do you think it's going to be, Charleston, who's taking the helm and Dylan Sentiers' a backup, or they're going to go one A, one B, like they did I, last like, year with Drew and Charles. I do
0: think it's going to be kind of that same thing. I think where it'll be, there might be some times where it's like, say you're playing Michigan, or it's like, oh, it's a big game, um, and you really need this win badly, and it's like if they give, basically, it's like if you need to give uh, one goalie that weekend a um, like a second. Uh, time for a weekend and you play both close in one weekend I feel like they would go with Charleston first but you never know
1: yeah and, and with As a I new just, coaching staff yeah, we, uh, it, we it, don't even know if they're going to do 1A 1B they might just roll it, Charleston for all most, 30 whatever the heck
0: most coaches tend to roll with a uh, with the whole 1A 1B at least until one goalie kind of cements themselves like the top guy and if one goal is at like, clearing away better then they'll make him the the number one guy but a lot of this too this is a long season here right like this goes on three in February so I'm like you know you don't want to run whichever goalie that is like your uh your workhorse basically you don't want to run him into the ground uh by because he's been playing every single game since the beginning of October um come playoff time so I I they'll be definitely I think they'll try and stick with the um, one A, one B thing, especially when you have two goalies that are both very competent. So,
1: who are you the most excited to see from our transfers, Joe?
2: Uh, I'm excited to see Zach Dubinski. Uh, honestly, he put ten goals and ten assists last year. Uh, he can bring you know the playmaking and the scoring, um, and he also can block the shot. He's got 43 block shots last year in 44 games. I mean, one block a game isn't terribly crazy but when you're playing up you know getting back there and doing that is a necessity and he's not shying away from it
1: and for me I'm gonna pick the aforementioned by Jacob Miroslav Mucha, because man I, I just think I think he's gonna be he's gonna be that guy like how Middendorf last year well not just Middendorf, it was Jeremy Davidson Jesse Tucker those guys stepping up but I, I think he's gonna kinda take a role like Mendendorf had. I think he's gonna be I actually I say that Miroslav isn't natural born goal scorer ten goals and twenty five assists last year, so maybe more of an assist man. But I think he's gonna kinda take that that mold like Middendorf did last year, not with the scoring, but just with production and how he played and everything.
0: My thing is if you can get
1: what was Muha a wing or a center? I don't actually know. I wish I, I wish I found that out.
0: I'm sure like most forwards can play either position, so um my thing is, though, if you can get, like... Because guys like Davidson and Mendorf, they're scorers, right? Like, that's kind of their... That's their thing more than anything. Mm-hmm. If you can, like, set them up on lines, like... Say, if you could set up a line of, like, Jeremy Davidson on one wing, Tucker centers, and then Mouha takes the other wing. Like, you got two very good playmakers that, like, of 20-plus assists last year pairing up with a guy that knows how to capitalize on those chances... That would be fun. I would I would enjoy watching that.
1: Yeah, and I usually what I've done for other years is I've tried to done like uh, line projections, and I should have done this for this podcast. I got busy with school stuff and all that, but at the same time. I didn't really want to because I don't know how Adam Nightingale runs his lines. And I think if I put that list out there, it would have been completely wrong. And I would have just looked like a big old doofus. So I didn't do that this year.
0: Well, there's just so many variables. And obviously, Nightingale knows that team much better than any of us sitting right here do. Um, Are you sure about that? I would think that. Yeah, I no, we're sure about that. (laughs) We are sure about that. Uh, But. I mean, still, even then, like we saw it happen how many times last year with Dan Cole of say, you know, this thing's not happening uh, or like, you know, this line's not really working that well um, and they're not really in the, you put them through the blender a little bit. Maybe move 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 one guy down or up in the lineup if he's playing really well to reward him. Um, you know, it all just depends on how the lineups change out and how, how things work out through the season. But um, like I said, there's also a lot of issues or not issues but like variables as far as like how does Nightingale like to construct his lines and like mm-hmm. who works better who has like the best team chemistry and things like that that's also a huge aspect of it
1: yeah and that stuff we do not know yet we will figure it out we will and we'll give that information to you guys don't worry about that but right now we're a little bit in the dark so um yeah but uh Jacob a a, a freshman freshman that you're interested in looking at this year
0: I kind of said it at the top of the episode, but I'm still very high on Victor Hurtig. Um I like I said, it's one of those things of that kind of size uh is something that MSU has not had in a while. And that that's something I'm very excited for. Um is just to see, you know, those yeah, have to have those like the big defensemen um you know that can and pluck some shots, add a little bit of size into the corners, help you win those 50-50 battles that MSU was not very good at winning last year. Things like that. And I legitimately think that if you, you know, uh, adding a guy like that where you can say like, oh, MSU now has like a big physical defenseman or defense where it's like, you got this guy here that's six-six, you have a pair of twins that are 6 6'3", um, and like they'll kinda of know how to throw the body around, play good defense and things like that. That's a that's a tough defense to play against. And that's that's kind of I mean that that's kind of what you're looking for, I think, more than anything.
1: Freshman, you're excited to watch skate for the green and white, Joe, who you got?
2: Um, I'm gonna go with uh Shouty here. Ooh. Um Honestly, uh, I did read something. He did play for Chris Draper, uh, Little Caesars.
1: Player development. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know a whole lot on the freshman. Didn't do a terrible lot of research, but... um.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're some busy boys. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, and it's just going to get... No, wait, no, we're not bringing school talk into... Nope. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Joe. Keep going. Okay, so... um. For me, for my freshman pick, that I think you guys will want to keep your eyes on, I'm picking Daniel Russell. He's uh, he's a center. He played for the uh, Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL before this season. He actually led his team. If I could if I could find it here. Jesus Christ, where did where did it go? Oh no choking on the podcast look at me go guys oh jesus mcbeezus okay there we go he led the team led uh the the si- sioux falls stampede to uh well they led the team in points with 21 goals and 23 assists so he definitely was a workhorse production wise but i i have heard some things coming out from uh some some inside sources this man is fast he is flashy and he's got some hands i think if you pair all those things together even though he's a uh, He's, even though he's a freshman even though he's still got a lot of a lot of body to build and all that stuff i think that uh it, he's a he's 5 one sixty, just to put that into retrospect but i think if you put all those things together s- speed flashy quick stick handling as a freshman i think i think that's a player that you could bump up on a on a on a really good line param i mean i w- i wouldn't break up really the davidson tucker middorf line but you could you could put him up, put him up with a lot like juniors that are struggling, and maybe maybe they'll dish a pass over to him, he'll score a goal, and then boom, you, they got the monkey off their back. I think he's gonna be kind of all around the roster, maybe a little dark horse. This may be me looking into him way too much to start the season, but i I definitely keep your eyes on him. i It's gonna be interesting out of the freshman group who really emerges because over the over the other years, no real freshman has really emerged. So if there's a freshman that could really emerge from this freshman group, that would be that would be something that would be huge, huge for the Spartans.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: So uh, moving on, who's a returning player that you're most excited to see, Jacob?
0: I mean, I, you know, there's another guy I could mention, I think. I, I think I said at the top of the episode, um, or like not even the top of the episode, like, literally like five minutes ago, um Jesse Tucker uh, I like he was a assist I, man he assist was MSU's best got, best player last year and i he was like a freshman so like to see how he develops like you know how he takes that next step with the new head coach or with a new coaching staff new players to play alongside with all these things i think he's very much primed for um you know for kind of taking that next step in his career so we'll see. I I'm yeah, that's my thing. I think especially if you can put him on line with some with some good goal scorers, he will um he'll be very good.
1: I feel uh, I feel big dumb. I definitely thought at this point Jesse Tucker was entering his junior year and he was a sophomore last year, and that's why I said no freshman really stepped up. No, Jesse Tucker did insanely step up. I just honestly thought he was a little older. And other another yeah. thing about Jesse Tucker, he got off his flow. There's no flow back there anymore. So Flow Master gone. And uh, that's kind of sad, but you know, it is what it is. You had something to say, dude? You?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to honestly pop into mind. I thought we were transitioning. Oh, oh yeah. Go uh, ahead. So my pick for the returning player is actually another uh, freshman from last year coming back as a sophomore, David Gucciardi. Um, I mean, he appeared in every game last season, posted five goals, six assists, led freshman with goals. So, I mean, as a defenseman. Yeah, I mean being able to do that just as means a lot when you can get stuff from the back. Um he's a block good at blocking shots. I mean honestly I just really liked watching him play last year. No, uh, he's He's quick. He's going to be for having a decent body too.
1: Yeah, he's going to be a very like watching watching Gucciardi this year is going to be very very fun cuz in my opinion you got right now the the two offensive defensemen that have proved that they can do it in Nash house and uh Gucciardi. And Gucciardi was really, really good as a freshman, showed a lot of promise, scored, I mean, five goals, six assists. That's the best a freshman defenseman has done at MSU in I don't know how long, but I think he could take a huge step this year. I like maybe maybe Dennis Sasana esque, even though I mean I know Dennis Susana did did produce a lot even even in his uh uh, it's later years in his career. But I think, yeah, Gutiardi, I think he's going to take a big step and just absolutely cement his role into an offensive defenseman on this team, even though he already has. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. For me, my returning player, I've been banging down the door, ringing the bells on this guy the whole podcast, but Eric Middorf, I I loved watching him play last year. He uh, finished last year with 12 goals, 8 assists, but he was just the guy that he wasn't he wasn't right place, right time, because sometimes he wasn't, but he would put himself in the right place, right time from that. But that doesn't really make sense, but he would he would figure out the situation and capitalize it really well. And him on the line with Jesse Tucker and Jeremy Davidson was really the only shining point of MSU last year. And to watch I, I basically watched that line, you know, under a microscope because it was one of the, you know the best line MSU had compared to some other lines MSU had, but uh, I just I absolutely I absolutely love what that line did. And I think Minadorf was a great driving force. Obviously, Tucker was the assist man, but Minadorf was a great finisher, and he just made things work. He made plays out of nothing, and that's why I'm going to be really excited to see what he does this year. I think he, yeah, he, uh, gets stronger, more goals, more assists. I, I'm picturing at least 25 points from him, and last year he had 20, so that's that's probably that's not a hot take at all, but. Yeah, that's that's who we're excited to see. So hopefully you guys got a little excitement off of that too. You know, maybe maybe keep your eyes open for some people. But that's uh that's that's basically our full roster kind of breakdown. We didn't we didn't talk about the returners. If you guys want, you know, check out the roster and get filled in, but we didn't want this podcast to run for three hours, so uh we decided not to, you know, bore you guys with that. But uh yeah, moving on from the roster, we do have the coaches to talk about and all completely wiped brand new coaching staff. Obviously, we talked about Adam Nightingale taking over as head coach. He previously head coached for the U.S. National Team Development Program, which MSU will be facing off an exhibition match this Saturday at Mon Ice Arena, if you guys are interested. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Uh, first 500 people get a free jersey, by the way. So, yeah, I would I would uh, head over to that, but I'm, I already am. I'm going to be covering the game. But it's enough, enough about me and that random stuff. Nightingale joins as head coach. He brings in Jared DeMichael as an assistant head coach. He was a associate head coach at UMass between twenty sixteen and twenty two. So if you guys have paid attention to UMass over the last four years or so, they've been very, very good. So that's a that's a big, big guy to bring over. Mike Towns, guy referred to as Townsy, he's the assistant coach. I have heard so many great things from him, and we'll we'll talk about that in a second with recruiting and stuff. But he, he was, uh, last three years, he was the assistant coach at Clarkson University, so familiar with Michael Underwood. And then under him, we got Brad Fast, who is the director of player development. He actually is coming back. He was the director of hockey operations at MSU between 2015 and 2019. So welcome back, Brad Fast. And then to run, or to... Go down the line and finish it up. Here we got Will Morlock, who's coming in as the director of athletic performance. So basically, strength and conditioning coach. He was the director of performance for GVN Performance in Plymouth, Michigan. So a local guy. They bring him in, and hopefully, he can make all these players insanely strong. Like, like big strong guy John Cena. I don't know. Big str- insert big strong guy. I was gonna say Arnold, but I really don't want to say his last name just in case. Uh, <laughs> but. But yeah, so that's that's the new that's the new coaching staff. There's a lot of interesting people. I haven't been able to take the time and deep dive into them. I've only heard words from other people. But a big thing that I've heard about this coaching staff is with recruiting. It's it's obviously not just Nightingale. Every most people may think it's just the head coach doing all the recruiting. No, it's it's everybody putting in a lot of effort. I I would say all even effort, but I know the head coach does a little bit more. But what I've heard from recruits and from the buzz around the program is people love this coaching staff. They love where they were picked from. They love that they're all coming together. And if you guys are following MSU recruiting at all, you have seen that it is on basically on fire. It's been on fire all summer. They got the fourth greatest recruiting class and uh, thanks to puck preps. I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter. So that the fourth, fourth best in the country, if you, Showed me that showed me that image of MSU having the fourth ranked recruiting class after what happened last year with MSU. I would think you're, uh, I would use some explicit words here, but I would think you're crazy. And here we are sitting down uh, today, and MSU has the fourth ranked recruiting class. Obviously, it's not done yet. It may go up, may go down. You know, that's recruiting, but it's just it goes to show you that. It's not just the head coach people are excited for. It's all these coaches, and all these coaches are putting in work, and it's showing through recruiting. People like them. People like the staff. And I mean, I, I'm I'm drinking the juice. I am very interested to see how this team does this year. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But they're picked in the preseason to finish last. I I don't. I wouldn't count on that. I don't know. I like I said. I'm drinking the juice. So you know, I. I I'm a little angsty. I think MSU could do better than what people think, but you know it's we'll we'll see. I think they could they could surprise some people. Maybe maybe not really this year, but moving on. But you know we'll see we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm generally like very yeah I don't know. It's kind of hard to not drink the Kool Aid, I guess, with that. With you know being in East Lansing and us all being MSU students and whatnot. But like yeah, there's so many like things that are like changing around the program and it feels like for the first time in however many years there's like legitimate reason for optimism and like you can see what the tangible changes that the program is making um and just all these things where it, it's like one of those things like there's just things you wouldn't necessarily have expected from last year i'm not expecting that to be great by any means um but like i my hot take basically is i in my pre in my uh season predictions i think that Michigan State's going to finish. I I think they can finish hot five. Take.
1: Hot take alert: MSU finish five. I, I wouldn't say it's too. I wouldn't not, say it's too spicy. Not burning hot of a take, but it's still. I mean, it, yeah, I mean still, compared to like what hot.
0: people generally think they're going to finish last. Uh, I think new coaching staffs can do wonders for that. Um, for that kind of stuff, um, and get you an extra couple wins where you wouldn't necessarily get them before. Plus, um, I'm still and the other two teams that I have that would have them beating. Uh, For those, uh, for the fifth spot, I'm not high on this year. Um, They got like a couple, uh, the the two teams I'm talking about are Wisconsin and Penn State. Um, They were both horrendous last year, just like Michigan State was. Um, And they added a couple transfers, but like nothing crazy. And it doesn't really fix like their overall roster issues. I think in the way, like, because they only had like a couple transfers, both of them did. Um, and while there are some nice, nice pieces and stuff like that, it does not fix the issues they have. Uh, that these teams have, and I th- genuinely think that Michigan State can finish higher than both of them in the standings.
1: You got anything to say at all, Joe?
2: Um, I mean, I think the same thing. I don't think we're gonna, you know, pop up into the first half of the division, but. I do think we can get close to it.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think MSU is going above Minnesota, Notre Dame or Michigan this season, but the rest I I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit, but I think I think Penn State's going to going to have an interesting year. Ohio State with holy crap, it was just like freshmens carrying their team like crazy last year. We'll see how that pays off this year, but yeah, I think I think yeah, I I like I literally have the the kind of same hot take. I'm like I think Michigan State can finish 5th. I was about to say fourth. I'm like, no, I don't think they're gonna pass three. I teams think I think fifth is teams.
0: a I think fifth is a realistic ceiling for this team. Yes, floor obviously still seventh because that's nothing new um, from where they've been in the past. So, but I think ceiling is probably about fifth for this first year, where you're not dealing with um, when you're dealing with a majority of guys that were not even recruited by this head coach to even play for him. Um, yeah, I think five is the is realistic ceiling because you're not gonna you're not gonna outdo the the Michigans or the Minnesotas of the world. Um, but yeah, because like, even then too, the thing that I think a lot of people kind of lose in this whole discussion is the timing with when Adam Nightingale got hired. Most of the good transfers are already
1: gone because we cause it was we, a little late. Yeah, if you,
0: if you look at our la- our last episode, we were like directly like. Right at the start of free agency and things like that. Um, And, like, it was a few weeks into it. you got a couple guys, and I was like, oh, those are fine, but nothing's going to be, like, crazy move the needle, I feel like, um, for the program. Like, not going to be that much different than it was this past year. Just, like, filler guys, you know, filling the spots that the graduates left, yeah. Basically, right? That's kind of what it looked like to me. Um, And then, yeah, then... They fired it in and then Night- Nightingale's here, and yeah, by the time Nightingale's there, like it just they were uh like, yeah, most of those like top guys that I was because we did a little segment on there it was like oh, what did some guys in the transfer portal that like wouldn't be a dream if you can get to mSU um and like most of those guys were gone before Nightingale was even hired mm-hmm. um but yeah, and then the funniest thing I found I thought about that the whole thing was when Nightingale was hired like literally within a day was when like I thought was like when Dylan Saint Cyr committed. It was like with it was like within like a within the day or at least the week, I thought it was the day that Nightingale was hired, they also announced that, oh, uh they also landed a commitment from Dylan Saint Cyr. Because like the other goalie they had, uh Nate McDonald had um decommitted.
1: Yeah, that was that was a little weird of a situation. Nate McDonald transferred to Michigan State, like Five seven days before Cole got fired, and then like right
0: after he reopened his commitment or uh, recruitment, and um, yeah, and
1: then they announced, oh, uh,
0: they got Dylan Sincere, So
1: yeah, that was that was a little bit awkward for uh for McDonald, who thought he was a Spartan for a week and then wasn't. So yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit awkward for that guy, probably. But uh, moving on, we uh we were gonna do a full like real segment on this, but um. Uh, thanks to uh somebody accidentally spoiling who the captain was at uh t- at player uh player conferences. Player conferences, what am I parent- teacher conferences? What am I saying? Player availability. Um so we uh we unfortunately can't reveal who the captain is. That's gonna be revealed tomorrow. By the time this podcast is up, we actually could, but I'm I'm not gonna get in trouble in any way. So you guys will find out who the captain is. Actually pretty surprising. But um we'll try to guess some assistant captains. It's we, we were talking about this before we hit record and like this who knows who who the frick knows so uh Jacob, who do you think is gonna gonna put the A on there the corner of their jersey there?
0: See, so my thing like I mentioned this earlier, right was when you think about like oh, what's gonna like when you're thinking of Michigan State and like who are gonna get your it's gonna be a lot of the stereotypes and things like, oh, it's gonna be this senior that or a junior that's just been around for a while and like you know shown to be a good leader and like has kind of paid his dues to the program so to speak right there aren't really many guys like that there's like there's on that on this roster this year there's one senior that has been at Michigan State for his entire career or his, his entire college career
1: and that's Nico Mueller um then you got the the graduates of you know Colin Christian Krieger
0: yeah but they're all they kind of have the other, other side going i feel like you might give it to one of them but like they have the other thing going where they're almost like too old. I feel like
1: <laughs> you're, just, you're feel too, like, you're too old. You can't be an assistant. captain.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of a thing. Like you want, uh, I mean like, I don't know. I could, I'm kind of also just kind of making things up, I guess at this point, but, um, I don't know. Like if I'm picking most likely to be an alternate this year, I'm kind of leaning towards, uh, as an out of as an out of left field pick a little bit, Justin Jalen, because he was an alternate already at Brown uh, a year before. I feel like I feel like Nightingale could want to u- utilize a little bit of that uh that Ivy League leadership of some kind. So that's gonna be my that's my, that'll be my pick. Um, there's, there's obviously other candidates. We, we mentioned the Kriegers. You mentioned um, a bunch of guys. I I could see I could honestly see him giving one of the A's to Jesse Tucker. Honestly. Or like Midendorf or Davidson, one of them. Yeah, there's a lot of people up on the board.
2: There are. Um, I I'll go with. Um, honestly, I was thinking Nico Mueller too. I mean, it's like you said, he's the longest player that's been here. Um, player that's been oh. here the longest. Third longest. Third. Colin long- Christian. Oh, third longest. Yeah. Sorry.
1: God, God, give the twins the creds.
2: <laughs> um. But other than that i i mean Jalen justin Jalen or Jalen uh I do believe I could see maybe even Dylan Saints here honestly um I mean he is a goalie, but it was an amazing season if he can create anything that he did last year like uh between the pipes, you know, he could easily be an assistant.
1: It seems like with Dylan Saint Cyr, he, he just gotten respect from everywhere he goes. Obviously, four years at Notre Dame, one year at Quinnipiac, did very well. That's why I also I put him. I think he can learn earn an A, which for a goalie on a transferring into a team, and he's only got one year. That would be pretty radical, I would say. But can goalies get letters, like legally speaking, in the NCAA? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, Drew Ritter had one. Did he? Yeah, I don't remember seeing one. I could be wrong. I don't know. But yeah, so I, I don't know why we're both picking goalies to get assisted. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> if
0: I, if I knew that, I could have I would probably would have also agreed with you guys. Probably, yeah, and it just I, it
1: makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean like I've also uh, briefly met the guy before um because he comes into my work every now and again. Um but I don't know. Seems like he's a nice guy from from the
1: uh, the experiences. He just I've, he just drips assistant captain as he walks in, doesn't well, he? <laughs> like I could kind of like
0: I can kind of see it a little bit based off of the very brief interactions that I've had with him. Um, yeah, but that's about it. But he, he's yeah, like if he's if he's been around long enough and he kind of you know he's been around that like winning culture, so to speak, that uh, from Notre Dame and Quinnipiac of all places. So like, I could very much see that you know. Uh, one, you, as one of those older guys who's, you
1: know, been around, knows what it takes to win, and that that's kind of the leadership you are looking for. So, so Dylan Cyr is one of them. I'll do. I'll I'll throw two more names into the hat. Other one, you guys will never guess who I'm going to mention. I totally haven't mentioned him at least seventeen times this pod, but I think uh, I think Mendendorf. I think Mendendorf's definitely in contention for an yeah. assistant captain. It's only his second year, but. I like how he pre- present, presents himself. Like I like how he plays on the ice. Uh, there weren't many times last year where I saw him, you know, go off the hook and do something he shouldn't have done. Seems to be pretty stable there. And he was a captain at the Chicago Steel in the USHL. So I also, remember. I think, I think he's. I will, I will put money on him getting the A.
0: I, I like that pick from Middendorf for getting one of the A's this year. Uh, I I remember specifically, you know, in like media availabilities and stuff like that last year when Middendorf would be one of the guys to come out, um, especially after a loss, because there were a lot of those last year. Um, like he, he never like shied away from like holding himself accountable for like his own play and like saying, oh, there are things that they're like X, Y, and Z that we probably should have done uh, and like things we need to work on for, you know, to get better, get the win next time, and all this other stuff. And like I don't know, it's one. It, it was it very much you know spoke a little bit like a like a captain would, and it's like you know it got that leadership to him. And I I do like that pick from Middendorf, though.
1: And then this one probably out a little bit left field, but it, it makes sense in my mind. I'm picking Jagger Joshua. He might earn an A. He's a senior. He's paid his dues. At he's I would label at, label him as an enforcer of a team and. People look up to people like that. People that will stand tall to any situation. Jagger Joshua definitely will not back down from anybody playing college hockey. I will guarantee you that. So I see a world where Jagger Joshua gets an A, maybe. Who knows?
2: And not only that, you know, he's an enforcer, but, I mean, he's got some grinder in him, too. He grinds like crazy. He's all over that rink when you're watching him, like, you know, making plays, trying to get in front of the puck, you know. Throwing so, body left yeah, and right.
0: Getting into the heads of the other team.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> definitely definitely after the whistle blows, he he might be that's in your right. face in a quick hurry. But uh that's that's our that's our guess at at assistant captains. I'm actually pretty interested to see who it is now after we had the conversation. But we are we're gonna we're gonna keep the pot going. We're gonna keep her going. We got a little schedule rundown. Obviously, I'm not gonna go through all the games, that would be literally ridiculous. But to open up the season, MSU does have an exhibition match against the U.S. National Team Development Program. The U18 team, not the U17 team that Nightingale coached last year. So basically a lot of the same guys, but not actually his team. Some people just think that there's one US NTDP. There's two U17, U18, so just want to put that out there. And then after that game that will take place this Saturday at 7 p.m. at Munn, uh, Michigan State will have a home-and-home home against Bowling Green to open up their official schedule uh, in non-conference, obviously. Then after Bowling Green, they go—or uh, they do not go. They uh, welcome in UMass Lowell, who they uh, they faced last year and they split. And then a uh, a non-conference matchup at home against Long Island, which they will see Adam Goodser again. So that's pretty interesting, and I absolutely love the Long Island jerseys. So I will be in attendance for those games.
0: Dare I say, best jerseys in all of NCAA.
1: I, that is not daring of you to say. That is, they are they're beautiful. Look I just, them up. I just love the colors. Oh, yeah. It's, colors, it's a,
0: you know. I, honestly, my two favorite, I don't, my favorite thing with like jerseys are like the kind of having like a very unique colors and things like that. Personal two favorites uh, in all
1: of college. Probably going to go with LIU and Nodak.
0: It's going to be my other pick.
1: Nodak released a sick like black and green jersey. Did you see that? Like full black with green accents. Yes, that said Nodak. Those, are, yeah. I don't know if those are like alternative. That's going to be their main jersey. But if you're if you're that, talking about that jersey, yes. Well, that jersey, all, all sick. of
0: them. Their color scheme is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I do like their color scheme. But uh, that's that's the non-conference schedule. After that, after the Long Island matchup on October 21st and 22nd, MSU then opens up their Big Ten play at Notre Dame the following week. I'm not going to talk more on the schedule other than that. Actually, no, a psych, I will. Because uh, it's cool to note that, once again, um, MSU is in the GLI. That will take place uh, December 27th and 28th. But this year, there's there's no Michigan in the GLI. It is Michigan Tech, Western Michigan, Ferris State, and Michigan State going to duke it out for the Invitational, which pretty interesting.
0: I mean, there was basically no uh, Michigan in the GLI last year either, so makes sense oh shoot yeah.
1: i thought they were oh my god No, they
0: were, oh, they were. it was uh, oh was, yeah that was the joke yeah <laughs> that was the joke i was making about oh they you know oh well uh, no they were half in it because that's what it was it was like uh yeah. <laughs> they they said oh uh due to covid we're not going to play western on saturday but uh oh, l- oh but ferris friday you're still good to go <laughs> yeah
1: that i forgot about and, that they, whole situation. and they announced that like on the wednesday of that week yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the weirdest thing i never understood that the whole that whole ordeal
1: yeah we i remember we talked about that now we were like we we're so confused we we're like what this this happening but uh that is happening great lakes invitational and uh that will be taking place in van andel arena in grand rapids michigan this year so a little bit of a different uh venue and then of course i just want to mention the duel and duel in the d taking place detroit michigan little caesars arena obviously against rivals michigan that will be the last game of the regular season series between the two, that will be February 11th. So just, just wanted to point out some other stuff and obviously we'll break down the roster more once we get to more games and stuff, but just wanted to just want to put all that out there. Do you guys have anything on the roster you guys want to talk about at all?
0: None. Really. I'm just, like I really, I like I've just been saying the whole time, there's so many variables with how this, uh, how this whole season's going to go. I very, the only way you can really test it is just this weekend. Um, and like, you know, actually getting on the ice together, see how this team works as a unit.
1: And uh, since we've been talking about schedule and who Michigan State will face, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the the preseason poll and see how they ranked. So the the uh, 2022-23 Big Ten preseason poll was released a while ago. So we'll 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 mention it. Clocking in at number one, Minnesota. They're actually ranked number two in the nation right now. So obviously, it's just. I don't need to talk about Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota, good. Minnesota, up there. Number two is uh, Notre Dame. They checked in at number nine uh, in the whole college hockey rankings, but they're number two in the Big Ten preseason poll. Checking in at number three, we got Michigan. Michigan is also sixth ranked in the nation, so it's a little bit weird that they're behind Notre Dame. But I could be wrong on this
0: too. But I think the uh, the USCHO poll might have been uh, the preseason one. Might have been released before. The whole uh, Mel Pearson drama unfolded. Oh, Um, so that might have something to do with it. I very well could be wrong, though.
1: Yeah. So, so we'll. Michigan's going to be an interesting uh, talking point. We'll we'll definitely talk about that on the pod. Not this one, though. We'll we'll wait we'll wait till that
0: whole till Michigan comes
1: around. Yep. So uh, checking in at number four out of seven, Wisconsin. Following them in fifth is Ohio State. After them is Pennsylvania State. Yes, I said Pennsylvania State. I don't That's know weird. Why. Yeah, I know it is weird. I felt like saying it. the uh, The Nittany, Nittany Lions clock in at six, and then last in the Big Ten, number seven projected preseason poll, obviously is Michigan State. These are—I don't think these have ever been right ever. So take that with a grain of salt.
0: I mean, to be fair, last year I'm pretty sure they did predict Michigan State to finish. They finish last. Yeah, no, they predicted them to finish sixth, and then Wisconsin was last, wasn't that? Wisconsin was last, I think.
1: Uh, unless you, uh I don't remember. Yeah, it was no Wisconsin was last, yeah.
0: Which that that was close.
1: So uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a Big Ten preseason poll. We won't jump into pickums this week, like we said. We wanted to keep this episode not a uh, super long, so we'll wait till the the actual official season will start after the uh, US NTDP comes to town for the exhibition game. So no pickums this week. I know you guys' favorite part. You guys are crying on the ground, right now. no, no, no. We'll get to it next week, guys. We'll get to it. I know it's okay. It's okay. Go, go grab some, some comfort food or something. Don't worry about it. But that's, that's really going to be it for us this week. Well, hopefully this episode isn't too long, but, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we'll see you guys next week. We got a, we got a lot of coverage though on this season. We are going to be covering this team up, down, left, right, North center and out. We, we will give you guys the coverage. And, uh, so why not, you know, give us a little, give us a little follow on Twitter. I'm going to, I'm going to do the whole plug the Twitter, make you guys plug your Twitter. So, uh. Jacob, I mean, we're going to be Jacob and I are going to be calling a lot of games, writing a lot of stuff, previews, post game recap, everything. So, Jacob, uh, what's your Twitter handle? And then anything, anything else you want, Solomon? There isn't much else
0: I have to say that I haven't already uh, spoken at length about. But uh, follow me on Twitter for um I'll, I will, I'll give some more um, interesting takes as uh, the season goes on. You know, more hot takes, the usual, um more. Links to articles. I write. Uh, Twitter is Jacob F Stinson. So J A C O B F S T I N S O N.
2: Yep. And then um, I am just very excited for this all to get started. Mm-hmm. And um, I will actually sorry. I will actually be writing, um, hopefully, with you guys
1: going to be writing a lot, but we're getting you on some calls, too, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you like and it or not. <laughs>
2: maybe some calls. We'll see about that. I should. <laughs> and I will probably love it. Um, I do have to say my Twitter is at Joseph J. Damiani. Uh, I think you guys know how to spell Joseph, but Damiani is D-A-M-I-A-N-I. And, yeah, I will be posting stuff on there. It just made a new account and
1: Yeah, got the fresh account.
2: Oh yeah. I'm ready to fill it up.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And then for me, I mean, like I said with Jacob, we'll be we'll be calling a lot of the games and you guys will be able to watch or listen to that rather because we'll be on radio at any point on the impact radio station. Obviously check out Twitter to see if we're casting the game or not because uh unfortunately, you know, Michigan state hockey isn't the the uh, most popular sport. There's uh something called football and basketball that primarily take uh take the broadcast from us which rightfully so they deserve it so we we all get every week so keep a keep an eye on twitter socials impacts website all this and that but if you guys want to follow me i'll be pumping out michigan state stuff constantly on my twitter i'm a freaking twitter maniac i need to stop using it really but uh once again follow me at ryan Radosovich at r-y-a-n-r-a-d-o-s-e-v-i-c-h like I said, I'll be I'll be posting a lot of MSU stuff this year. I'm really excited about coverage. I'm I'm pumped. I over the last two seasons with, uh, with what's going on in Michigan State Hockey, it can be a little bit demoralizing, but this year it's it's a new year, new coaching staff, half new roster. It's 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 an exciting time to be a Michigan State hockey fan. Even if the team does good or not, there is going to be a lot of interesting things that happen this year. And I yeah, I think MSU can turn some heads and surprise some people. Do uh, you guys got anything else at all?
0: Uh, no, I'm I got nothing else.
1: Sweet, we're gonna we're gonna go and wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode one of this season of Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Radosovich, joined alongside Jacob Simpson and Joe Damiani. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week to break down some US NTDP action and get ready to go into the season. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a good one.